with me to Hebrews chapter 12, please. And let's start reading from verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own word in public, but let's just buy in a word of prayer. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the, the many you've brought out on such a cold and dreary morning. We thank you for our health and our strength to be able to come here this morning. We thank you for the desire that you've placed in our hearts to be here. For Lord, that is of thee, to bring us under the sound of your word and to bring us together, Lord, to fellowship here this morning. Father, will you take what we have to say this morning and use it for your glory. Magnify your name and glorify yourself for the name of the Lord Jesus we ask it and for his glory. Amen. You know the Hebrew writer here in chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews talks about a shaking. There are really three shakings. There are many but there are three that we hope to point out this morning to you. And our scripture this morning points us to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that this morning, anyhow, that we can see some of these shakings and the, how relevant they are today to the things that are happening today, and the things that are going on in the world today before the coming of the Lord. We believe that the things that are happening are the hastening and the quickening to his coming when Christ shall come in power and glory. The Hebrew writer writes and tells us of a shaking in the Old Testament. Notice here in verse 25 it says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. So first of all, before we look at a shaking, we want to look at him that speaketh. Him that speaketh from heaven. And the idea of this is, looking back to the book of Exodus. Here it is mentioned in the chapter of Hebrews chapter 12. For example, verse 18 of the chapter, For you not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. Take note of that. The voice of words, which voice they heard and treated that the words should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, 
it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The writer is bringing us to Exodus chapter 19, if you'd like to turn with me this morning. Exodus 19 is when Israel have been brought out of Egypt, out of Egypt by the Lord, by the strong hand of God through Moses. And here being brought out of Egypt, now is what is known as the marriage contract between Yahweh and Israel are being made. In short, God says to Moses, if the people will do, then I will come down and I will be one with them. Moses takes the message to Israel and they say all that the Lord speak we will do. And so Moses is the officiator of this marriage uh, between Yahweh and Israel. Notice in Exodus chapter 19. Let's read from verse 14. And Moses went down from the mount of the, unto the people and sanctified the people. And they washed their clothes. They were prepared for the coming down of the Lord. They were prepared that God was going to come down again and consummate the marriage. Because in chapter 20, here is the consummation of the marriage on the mount between God and Israel. And then the ten moral commandments are given unto them to take unto them that which God has commanded. Notice this. And it came on, verse, pardon me, 15, And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and thick cloud upon the mount. Notice this and take note. And the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon, upon Mount Sinai and on, on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount. And Moses went up. Notice here, this covenant was made with Israel. This marriage was made. And of course, we know throughout the years, they greatly sinned before the Lord. And we know with them greatly sinning, that God had spoken to them words in Exodus 19. And again in Hebrews 12, we had read of a voice and of a fire and of a trumpet. Now, we want to look at this because this is symbolic to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ again. This is something that we must understand in this, if we can call it the gospel age the age, as it were, of grace, this dispensation, when God has sent forth his word to tell men and women like you and like me that we, one, must be saved, 
Two, we must be clothed in righteousness of Christ. And thirdly, we must watch and be serving for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Here the words in Hebrews chapter 25, please. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. This is the same God. The Hebrew writer is putting their minds back to God who spoke to them on the mount. But take note of this. The word here for refuse is a word parateome. It's made up of two words. One is para and the other one is agteo. Para means alongside of. To come alongside of. For example, to come alongside of it would be that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is known in the scripture as the paraclete. The one who has come alongside in order to help. Paraclete. And here the paraiteos gives the idea of to beg, to ask, to plead. To beg, to ask, to plead. Now listen, not that God is a beggar. But the idea is that God sends forth his word and he speaks to men and he speaks to women. He draws alongside them. And it might be like this morning you're brought here, that you're a Christian and God has been speaking to you and maybe you've been refusing. God has been dealing with you and maybe you have been refusing him that speaks. God has been showing you issues. And you have been refusing the word of the Lord to put things right, to place your heart right, and make sure you're right in a place with God for the coming of the Lord. Will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb we sing? But what about our robes being unspotted and without taint for the coming of the Lord? In other words, what about Christian, us not being worldlings, as it were, but rather be in serving and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we're told to refuse not him that speaks. The word paratemo gives the idea that God has come alongside and he has sent his servants. First of all, he sent his prophets. Then he sent his apostles. Then he sent his disciples. And now he is sending you into a world that knows not Christ to prepare them for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes and he speaks to the believer and many are refusing the word of God. Many are refusing to lay down the comforts and the things that we hold dear and love over and above the Lord Jesus. And he speaks to us words as it were. He asks us. He sends men and he sends women to witness and to testify that we must leave those things down, setting down, leaving down the weights and the sins that doth so easily beset us, as the apostle tells us, that we may run the race for God, that we may run, that we may receive the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. To the unsaved man, God sends the gospel. To the unsaved woman, God sends forth his word as through the preaching of the word or someone witnessing to you. 
And here he comes alongside the Spirit and the Word. And he quickens you to hear the Word of God. To enable you to receive the Word of God. But many are struggling and refusing him that is speaking. Let me give you another example here for God speaking to men and women. And they're refusing to turn to the Lord. Glenn, this morning as he read the scripture, just as we took of, partook of the emblems this morning, read from Romans chapter 5. I want to read just one verse from Romans chapter 5. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense, pardon me, verse 19. For if by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Notice, for if by one man's disobedience, that is Adam, man. That is our father, Adam. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one. The obedience of one is the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now I want to just break this verse down for you just for a few moments. For example, as for, for as by one man's disobedience, disobedience, the word here for disobedience is the word, listen, para akeo. Again, it's para, which means alongside of, to come alongside of, and akeo means to hear, to listen. But when it's placed together in the negative text, it means Failing to listen when God was speaking. That's what it means. Disobedience here means failing to listen when God was speaking. The book of Genesis tells us that Adam walked with the Lord, as it were. The voice of the Lord came in the cool of the day and walked with Adam and spoke to him. Now those words which God had spoke to Adam is is between God and Adam, but the idea of this is this, that Adam was failing to listen when God was speaking. Adam failed to listen when God spoke the word. Adam failed to listen when God told him, of all the trees of the field, thou mayest freely eat thereof. But of the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Thou shalt not eatest thereof, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And Adam had failed to listen. He disobeyed the word of God which came alongside of him. The parakeo. God speaking in the very ear of Adam. Can you see him? Adam listening to the voice of God. Hearing the word of God. Knowing what's right. What he should have been doing. And then, of course, he disobeys God. And because of his sin, sin brought forth death. And you and I died in Adam. When Adam sinned, you and I sinned. When Adam died, you and I died. When Adam's separation from God came, you and, ours, you and I, we were separated from God. Our sins have separated between ourselves and God, for by one man's disobedience, the para akeo, then that means by Adam failing to listen when God was speaking. For as by one man's disobedience, 
Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The word here for right for obedience then is the word paracleo as well. But it's a different type. It's a hupoakeo. It gives the idea that we are in Christ and Christ came along and upheld. Hupo means to lift up. Hupoakeo means to hold up. To bear up. And there are none of us could bear the word of God. Could hold up the word of God. But rather the hoople was that Christ came the son of God. And he bare the word of God. He did the will of his father. And he did it to perfection. He kept the law we couldn't keep. And he lived a life we couldn't live. And he died as our substitute in Calvary's tree. He upheld the word of his father in its totality and in its perfection. And because he upheld the word, it means he came and upheld and you and I in Christ, we are made righteous as though we have upheld the word of our father. So you can see here that in the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 12, notice here, at verse 25, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. The voice came down in the book of Exodus 19. The voice of God came and the place shook. So the first shaking was God coming down in Exodus 19. And he shook the mountain. And he shook Moses. And he shook Israel. And he shook the land. With the power of his voice. And friend I can tell you. This same God. With this same power. With this same might. And this same strength. He is the same yesterday. And today and forever. He said I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. This same God who changes not. Is the one and the very same God. Who came upon the mountain. Who the ungodly will stand before in that day of judgment. Who the ungodly will be judged by. And they will shake and they will tremble in his presence. He will consume them. For our God is a consuming fire. That's what the word of God is telling us this morning. The shaking of the mountain. The shaking of Moses. On the shaking of Israel. They were petrified. In the presence. Of a holy God. You see friend here we have. God speaking. On men. Refusing. Is there someone here. Who's refusing the word of God. I must move along. Uh, quickly for time's sake. But notice this. In Luke chapter 14. If you want to turn with me. That's fine. If you want to mark it down and read it later, Luke chapter 14. The Lord Jesus is giving us a, a parable here. Luke chapter 14 and verse 15 says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto them, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed is he. Is that you, friend? Will you be the blessed one? Because you're blessed to be in the kingdom. Because you're blessed to eat bread, as it were, the bread of God. 
Notice here what it says. Verse 16, And he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. In other words, the sacrifice was made. The dinner was prepared. The feast was ready. It was all done. Nothing to add to it. Speaking of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. When he came to Judea and he preached unto those on Judea and Samaria. And he preached unto those in Jerusalem. And they rejected him in Jerusalem. Notice this. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. Underline excuse for it's the same word as they all refused him that came beside them and spoke to them. They refused the Lord Jesus Christ. Now take note. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maim and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said, Go unto the servant, go into the highways and hedges, and tell them to come in that, they may, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Here he's saying, I've come to the leadership of Jewry. The Pharisees and the scribe now preach the word and they cannot receive it. Notice they cannot receive it. They are dead in their trespasses and in their sins. I've come and I've preached to them. They have refused me. They have refused the word of God. And so he says, go out into the highways, into Samaria, into Galilee, and start preaching the word. Then they said, we've done that. What's next? He says, go after the lost sheep. Keep going out after those who are lost and in their sin. And so the gospel message came forth, going forth throughout the years, right up until this morning. And the Lord says, there's a great marriage supper coming. But before the marriage supper, you must hear the word of God. You must receive the Christ of God. You must accept the sacrifice of God. The sacrifice of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Friend, are you saved this morning? Do you know Christ is your own? Christ is your Savior? And brother, sister, are you serving this morning? Are you serving him for his coming? draweth nigh. When we go back to Hebrews chapter 12, we see here how the Lord has spake. Notice verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for they escape not who refused him that spake on earth. How much more, pardon me, much more shall we not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Verse 26. Look at this. Whose voice then shook the earth. Here there was a shaking in Exodus 19. Now it's being brought into the day of the Bible. 
the day of the book of Hebrews. And here the problem is, there were those who came out of Judaism, or out of Jewry, and they had made profession in Christ. And through troubles, through persecution, and through trial, they were starting to think it was easier to go back to the temple. And that's the reason the book of Hebrews was written. It was saying, listen, there was a great shaking here. Christ came and shook, first of all, the religious establishment. Oh, friend, that Christ would shake the religious establishment again. That Christ would shake it from the crown of its head to the very soles of its feet. That Christ would shake the religious establishment that's dead, that's dead and void of the Word of God, that's dead and void of the Spirit of God, that's dead and void of the Gospel of Christ. Oh, that he would shake the religious establishment again. Here he shook the Pharisees. He shook the scribes. He shook the Sadducees. Secondly, he also shook the very military or government establishment. Here was Herod, the old Edomite. Here was the Pontius Pilate. He shook them at their core. For Christ came and people were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save, oh save. Listen to what they cried, Baruch Bashem Aranai, when he came in that day into Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna, Baruch Bashem Aranai, save, oh save. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, they were crying. Oh, it shook the very government establishment. Oh, that God would shake our government today. That God would use what's happening. And he is using to shake not only the religious establishment, but the government establishment, the national establishment, that he has shaken storm out. Oh, that God would grab it by the throat and shake the dirt out of it. That God would take Westminster and shake it by the throat. That God would take the ungodliness and the rules and the regulations that are passed in those places where rules are made by men and women of wickedness. There's no voice in the land, no voice in the nation. There's no voice from the church. There's nothing to be said. And our governments are just having their way with the people of Ulster and the people of the United Kingdom. Oh, I pray, Father, shake the establishments of this nation. Shake the religion in it. Shake the very head of religion. Oh God, that man would be raised up again. Men with backbone. Men that would take a stand. Men that would stand up and stand out for the name of Christ. Unashamed and unafraid. Because we know, Lord, you're coming again. We pray that Christ would be exalted again. That the law of God would be known in the nation. And that the commandments of God would be put back into the schools and the universities. That we would have the law of God written on every corner of every street. That every man and woman would see in the mirror of the law of God their sin before God. Oh, shake the church. Shake it. We see the 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 slaughter of the young little babies in the womb. 
the murder of the babies. We see the ungodliness, sexual deviancy in our land. Sexual deviancy everywhere we look today. We pray, O oh God, that you would shake it out of us. And it's become normal. It's become natural. And we have accepted it even as the church in many corners and in many avenues, throughout many ways. But we pray that God would come again and shake it by the power of His Spirit. God is shaking. He shook the nation. In Exodus 19, He shook it again at the coming of Christ. He shook it at the preaching of Christ. And He shook it, friend. He shook the monetary system as well. Christ went in and made a whip out of the cords. And He whipped the money changers out of the temple. Pray God would whip those who are using everything to get and gain. Oh, friend, I could think of the likes of those of the big pharma. The big pharma who's wanting to use your money, who's wanting to get... Listen, the big pharma don't want you healthy. Big pharma don't want you well. Big pharma don't want you to get better. They want you to make you feel you're getting better, think you're getting better, but rely on their drugs that they're giving. Oh God, would you shake the banking system of this world, the elitists, the globalists, and all those who want to take us into a communist world, a new world order, a one world government, May Christ come again. And may Christ take a dealing with these men of wickedness. It's shaking. The shaking happened in Exodus 19. Shaking happened when Christ came. And the shaking will happen again. I believe the shaking's already starting. Men and women are starting to waken up. Oh, how glorious it was. How glorious it was this week to hear and to see the European Union showing their true colors. How wonderful it was to see the European Union showing their tyrannical ways that we knew all along. Their mask was slipping. And praise God, that which is done in secret is being made known in the open. Oh, that Ulster might be great again. That Ulster we take a stand again. Will you look with me to Hebrews 12? Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> now I take note. <clears throat> Go with me to verse 27, please. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken. As of, those, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. What is God shaking in the world today? What is God shaking in your world today? 
that which you're holding on to, will your things remain or will God remain in your life? Is it Christ for you, Christian? Is there a man and woman here? Your life has been shaken. What has it done for you? Has it refined you? When we see verse 28, when we see verse 28, it's in contradistinction to the verses we've read. Notice, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Notice here, we have received a kingdom. The word for received here is the word paralambo. Remember para, that word? For paraclete, the Holy Spirit comes alongside. That's why we get the word parable from. Throw a, a story alongside to make a heavenly meaning. Paralambo means alongside and to lay hold on. To take up to yourself. We have laid hold on the kingdom. And rather the kingdom has laid hold on us. But we have laid hold on the truths of the scripture. The truths of the word. The truths of the righteousness of Christ. And we have laid hold. We've received the kingdom. Listen. Which cannot be moved. Friend the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And as one old Puritan said, heaven must be in thee before thou canst be in heaven. Heaven must be in thee before thou canst be in heaven. Notice what it says. Verse 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God. Are you serving? Are you saved and serving? Or we might serve God, notice, acceptably with reverence. Notice here, refused in verse 25, removing verse 27, remain in verse 27, receiving in verse 28, now reverence in verse 28. I finish with this. I finish with this. The word here for acceptable means well-pleasing to God. Now, we're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace through faith. But we work because we're saved. Is our lives, is your life, Christian, acceptable to God? Our lifestyle, our living, our speech, Acceptable to God? Have we a reverence toward Him? The word reverence is the word idos. And this is what it means. It means to respect and to have awe. Are you in awe at Him? Is it just God? Yeah, we're a Sunday thing. Or are you in awe at Him?
Verse 29 tells us, for our God is a consuming fire. Will our works stand in that day when our works are tried? Will they be wood, hay, and stubble? You'll burn up in the fire, Christian, your service, the things you hold dear, will be like gold and silver and precious stones to build the kingdom. God is shaking today, shaking our land, shaking the nations, shaking the world. God is shaking and he's showing us that he has never relinquished his power, that he's still God who sits on the throne. And before every shaking, or pardon me, after every shaking, there's always been a move of God. God shook the prison house. Paul and Silas were singing their praises to God. He moved in power and released the prisoners and set them free. We could go on with different words of that, different thoughts on that. God is shaking. He's testing the faith. He's testing your faith. As many are just rolling into a ball and disappearing from sight. As many are being so discouraged, they're ready to win and run, falling and fainting at the swelling of Jordan. Friend, I'll tell you, Christian, we're living in grace. He's keeping us every day. And I want you to know this shaking may continue for a while. But one thing is Christ is coming again. Christ is coming again. And he is going to destroy Babylon. He's going to destroy the Babylonian system of religion. The Babylonian system of that Roman paganism, of ecumenism, of all heathenism. He's going to destroy all of that governmental one-worldism, the banking system, and everything that goes with it. He's going to set up his throne in Jerusalem, and he's going to rule and reign with a rod of iron. And those of us who are saved, My final scripture is in chapter 12 of our reading. Hebrews chapter 12. We're not come, Christian, to that mount like an exodus. We have a reverential fear of God, not a terror fear. The word for fear is phobos, where you get, we hear all all the time, homophobic, Islamophobic, and so on, as if we are terrified and afraid. Notice, friend. Verse 22, but you are come to Mount Zion. You are come, as it were, to the Jerusalem, the heavenly. Look at this. Under the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And I love this verse, and this is where we finish. 
unto Jesus. We've come to Jesus. And when he comes, we are the new Jerusalem. We are those who are come to the mount of grace, the mount of blessing, the mount of forgiveness. We have come to the one who shed his blood, whom we have trusted in, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The blood of sprinkling is the blood which flowed from Emmanuel's veins. Speaks of better things than that of Abel. Not talking about Abel's blood when Abel died. It's not what it means. It means it speaks better than the animal that Abel was accepted with when he shed its blood. Christ's blood is greater than every animal's blood. And so the temple was finished. The temple was done away with. And you and I in Christ are the new temple of the living God. Oh, may God shake. And may God keep shaking that which is unnecessary in our lives. And may God keep shaking our land to gather in the grain into his garner. For the fan is in his hand. And may he shake it until he gathers us together looking for the coming of his son. May God bless you this morning. Christian, take heart. Christian, take heart that you belong to Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that you will come to a saving faith today, this morning. And come and see us. And we'll point you to the Savior. May God bless you all. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for coming. We'd love to see you tonight.